0: Hi and welcome to another edition of the Back of the Net podcast. I'm your host, Scott Stino, and this week we'll be looking at the five things we've learned from football this week across the globe. There's only one place we can really start, and this is the Premier League. It's the same old, same old in the English top division. Arsenal start the season with a defeat, mainly thanks to Arsene Wenger's inability to spend money during the transfer window. Arsenal looked toothless at the back, having to use two young defenders at centre-half, against a very much improved Liverpool side, who continued to show improvements under Jürgen Klopp. Despite taking a lead after 31 minutes through Theo Walcott, Arsenal soon found themselves 4-1 behind after Liverpool came out with all guns blazing in the second half. Two goals from Philippe Coutinho, a strike by Adam Lallana, and a debut goal by Sadio Mane put the Liverpool side 4-1 ahead, before Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain replied in 64 minutes. And then Callum Chambers added a third on 75 to set up a nervous finish. But Liverpool held on for three valuable points and sent Arsenal back down the road to London with more questions than answers. Questions like why has Arsenal Wenger still not concluded the deal for German defender Sokodron Mustafi and continues to believe that he doesn't need to buy another striker, putting all his faith into Oliver Giroud once again. Surely the Arsenal fans have had enough of this chaos and want Arsene Wenger to gently step aside at the end of the season and let someone else try. Up in Manchester, it was two predictable wins for both Manchester United and Manchester City who started their new seasons and new campaigns under new management. Pep Guardiola's Manchester City started without Joe Hart and goal, which again causes questions about whether or not the England international goalkeeper's future is secure at City and whether or not he will be sold before the transfer window slams shut. Elsewhere, a late goal by Diego Costa sealed three points for Chelsea in Antonio Conte's first game in charge. And there was a surprise defeat for Leicester City who fell behind to newcomers Hull by two goals to one. Once again, the media has been clambering all over Hull City, much like they did with Leicester last season, and predicting their demise before they've even started. To be fair, Hull have had one of the worst summers possible, losing their manager, having a series of injuries, protests over ownership, putting Mike Phelan in charge, and a lack of signings mean that they are the worst prepared side coming into the Premier League. If the British media didn't learn their lesson with Leicester City last year, who they predicted would be relegated only to eat their words later on when they lifted the title. They should perhaps think about German side Darmstadt who joined the Bundesliga last season with relatively no hope of survival. They lost their three key centre-backs before the season even started. They had a crumbling stadium and a budget 1 20th the size of Bayern Munich and was expected to be relegated with the lowest points tally of all time. But like Leicester City, they managed to upset the odds and managed to survive through hard work and determination and finished their respectable 14th. Next we look at FC20 after two games, two defeats for the former champion of the Dutch league. However, FC20 fans won't be too disappointed because things could have been a lot worse. They could have been starting this season in a completely different division. Despite finishing 13th place last season, FG20 were due to be relegated after being found guilty of financial irregularities connected to the sale of some players and a third party taking a cut of those sales. The former champions, who famously were managed by former England boss Steve McLaren, see his YouTube clip for his fantastic Dutch accent, appealed against the decision, which was eventually overturned by the KMVB, Holland's ruling organization and su 20 were allowed to continue in the top division at the expense of Graf Schnapp, who were relegated. Thirdly, Real Madrid secured yet another Super Cup title last Tuesday in Norway at the expense of Seville. Real Madrid secured the title with a 3-2 victory after extra time. Right back Daniel Caraval secured the victory with an 190th minute goal after Sergio Ramos pulled the cup away from Seville in the 93rd minute with a late equaliser. Seville who had gone through a series of changes over the summer including a managerial switch which saw Sampoli come in for Emery who left for PSG, the French champions taking several good players with him. And the sale of top striker Kevin Guillermo to Barcelona during the summer Meant that Sevilla had a summer of transition with several new faces arriving at the club. The Super Cup clash came a little bit too early for new manager Sampioli, who is still yet trying to work out how his side will set up for the season ahead. Real Madrid boss Zinedine Zidane has no such concerns and we were looking to build upon last season's Champions League victory by going after the one piece of silverware that he wants the most the La Liga title. Over in Rio, at the Olympic Games, the sound of O Canada is reverberating around the city as Canada advances to the semifinals of the women's tournament. Having topped their group and beaten France in the last round, Canada advanced to the semi-finals against Germany today, hoping for a repeat result that they saw in the group stage where they won 2-1 thanks to two goals from Melissa Tancredi. The Canadians have been playing some really impressive football so far and have been looking to better what they did in London four years ago where they managed to get only a bronze medal after falling at the semi-final stage. If they can beat the Germans today, they will go into the final against either Host Brazil Or Sweden, who dumped the US out of the tournament, with Hope Solo calling them a bunch of cowards for the way that they played. A little bit of a sore loser, are you, Hope? Finally this week, some sad news following the death of former Aston Villa striker, Dale Atkinson, who was killed this week when he was tasered by police outside of his father's house in Trench, Telford, late Monday morning following an argument. Atkinson went into cardiac arrest and died later in hospital. And the incident is now being investigated by the police. Atkinson was 48. Many of Atkinson's former teammates and clubs he played for have paid tribute to the ex-striker, described by former manager at Villa and Sheffield Wednesday, Ron Atkinson, as popular in the dressing room with a terrific ability. Atkinson first came to prominence at Ipswich as a teenager impressing seasoned experts with his speed and daring, which included a hat-trick against Middlesbrough's side containing Gary Palliser and future Ipswich captain Tony Mowbray at the heart of the defence in the 87-88 season. After Ipswich, he joined Sheffield Wednesday and went on to score 10 goals in 38 games in his only season there. But it wasn't enough to stop Sheffield Wednesday being relegated. After Sheffield Wednesday's relegation, he was sold to Spanish side Real Sociedad for £1.7 and becoming the first black player to ever play for the club. Despite impressing for Sociedad, he would only spend a season in the Spanish city, returning to Aston Villa in 1991 where he would form an impressive partnership alongside Dean Saunders who would arrived from Liverpool a year after Atkinson arrived from Real Sociedad. The partnership was eventually broken up in 1995 when both players were sold to Turkish clubs, Saunders going to Galatasaray from Atkinson to Fenerbahce for 1.7 million. He spent 2 years with the Turkish club, but never really found his footing and was loaned out firstly to Metz, then to Manchester City, before returning to Fenerbahce to score 10 goals in his final season. After leaving Fenerbahce, Atkinson spent time in Saudi Arabia and South Korea finally retiring as a player in 2001. Despite being an impressive talent who is a natural goalscorer, Atkinson never really played for England, only managing one appearance for England B-side in a 4-1 friendly loss to the Republic of Ireland. He did manage to get on the score sheet that day, highlighting his quality, but it wasn't enough to convince then-manager Graham Taylor that he should be called up for the full squad. Atkinson will always be remembered for his goals, some of which you can see on YouTube. And I urge anybody that wants to see some fantastic strikes to go online and check them out. Atkinson will be remembered at Aston Villa's game this weekend, as well as at other clubs across Europe where Atkinson played his football. So that's it from us. Thanks very much for listening. Tune in next time. And don't forget to check us out at com.